Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail Podcast. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 189, Badass Female Roundtable Discussion, Grand Canyon Edition. This is part two of a two-part series on backpacking the Grand Canyon. We sit down with all the female badass backpacker group that spent five nights deep into the Grand Canyon from the North Rim. What did they learn about themselves, about pack weight, how to manage their food, how to manage their water, because they had to carry a lot of water. This is a roundtable discussion that shares how they could have improved pack weight, if any, and how they overcame the mental obstacles they faced. You can always join in on our discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash group forward slash trust trail podcast and join our podcast family. Come hang out and become a part of our community. By the way, we want to thank Aaron Owens Mayhew of Backcountry Foodie that offered nutritional meal plans for the Grand Canyon trip. The Backcountry Foodie can offer your meal plans for your next backpacking adventure that can meet your specific needs. After all, she is a registered dietitian and a avid backpacker herself. Both Aaron and Trust the Trail podcast understands how important nutrition is on the trail. Just go to www.backcountryfoodie.com and use the promo code TRUSTTHETRAIL and get 20% off of their membership services. Backcountry Foodie also offers our listeners who go on our trips with us specific one-on-one meal plans as part of their adventure backpacking trip just for Trust the Trail. Trust the Trail podcast and Backcountry Foodie have partnered up to give hiking com- our hiking community even more information on how to be the best you can be on the trail. Well, we have just spent two weeks in a whirlwind of travel between the Grand Canyon and Zion National Park. I feel like I know southern Utah and northern Arizona quite well. We had our third Trust the Trail meet and greet, along with some epic hiking that including that includes Angel's Landing and the Narrows. We have much more to share with you on episode 190, so don't miss that coming out always every other Thursday. So after the hike down into the Grand Canyon, our entire Trusted Trail group decided to sit down and share a roundtable discussion on their experience backpacking down into the Grand Canyon. This is a raw sit-down talk that filters nothing. Straight talk from these badass female backpackers. I really wish we could do more of these really sit-down educational roundtable discussions. I think they're a huge huge value so here we go let's talk okay so we are here with the uh fantastic badass female backpackers that just did the north room of the grand canyon we've got we've got everybody sitting around the table we're uh, sitting at at about 7900 feet right off the north room of the grand canyon so i'd like to get everybody's like um get everybody's feeling of the trail and you know what you guys experienced what what was good, what was bad, what you enjoyed, what you hated, um, and get a real feel for people that are kind of listening to the podcast to get their your perspective on what the trail was like. So I, I guess we start from the beginning to where uh, it was cloudy, it was cold. I saw a lot of nervousness in everybody's faces. The weather wasn't like this bright, shiny, beautiful sky um your packs were extremely 
heavy. <laughs> um, who who did win the pack weight as far as lowest to highest? What was Ariane? You had your pack was what? Forty flat. Forty flat, and how many liters of water did you have? Six. Six liters six, of water. Six liters. Se seven liters. Seven, seven liters, liters of water. Yeah. And Michelle, you're heaviest, right? I was heaviest at sixty-three pounds. So it went from forty <laughs> to sixty-three pounds, and so that kind of um, kind of sets the story as far as going down on the Bill Hall Trail and dropping almost 2,000 feet um, to where you have to, you're not gonna have water that first day and you have to cache water and hide water in the rocks. So when you come back up the same way, you have water for that night and then climb up another 2,000 feet. So I guess we'll start with you, Michelle. What was, how did that, right off the bat, knowing that you were gonna to have to carry all that weight and then putting it on your back, feeling it, going from the Bill Hall Trail, knowing you have to hike up right away. I mean, what were you thinking as far as, is this too heavy? Um, what, what was going through your mind when you first started? The two, the two things that were um, on my mind and, and were a struggle through the entire journey is, the challenges I would face on the terrain, on the things we would have to climb over, uh, and how that weight was going to affect my balance. And the other thing that I struggled with um, through the entire journey was being last because I had such a heavy pack that I was unable to um, keep up and that kind of like mentally messes with you. Uh, over a six-day journey. So uh, in hindsight, there's a lot of things that I would change. And one of the things that I did wrong was I did practice hiking, like 10-mile day hikes with a weighted pack, but I did not practice with the actual items that I was going to be taking on this trip, which made a really big difference. And um, another thing that really hurt my weight was... I didn't think I packed anything unreasonable food-wise, but I was unaware of the one pound a day food rule, and my food bags were more like three pounds a day, and that really hurt me a lot. I mean, my food was was the food and water were the two heaviest things in my pack, and you can't do anything about the water, but there's a lot I could have done um, to improve my food situation, and I will going forward. Well, and I think too, the Grand Canyon in of itself is, you don't even have to do anything or say anything other than I'm going into the Grand Canyon that completely changes your mindset. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I need, I'm gonna be the, down there for five days, down there, down where? Down in the Colorado River, where you, you're, it's not like you can just walk on a simple trail to your car and go home. Um, it's a trek. And I think the Grand Canyon in and of itself just is, it's kind of intimidating when you say, I'm gonna go down there in the canyon, how do I, you know, how do I pack? So Amy, how did you do with your pack and your pack weight? And what would you may have done anything different or did, was it perfect? My pack weight was heavier than what I would have liked it to be. I think I was, Becky's pulling it up here. Um, I was sure 20, oh. I don't know what the initial. I think was. my starting pack weight was 46 or 47. Um, I I don't think that I could have improved on food. 
because my food before adding in like emergency low supplies and stuff like that was actually under six pounds. So I don't think that I could have improved on food. I think the things that I can improve on is gear. So lighter tent, lighter sleeping bag, maybe, I am glad that I took my, my wool pants because it was cold and I did sleep in them almost every single night. Um, but just finding, finding lighter weight options instead of, you know, these heavier options would, I think would really, really make a big difference. Well, I think too, and you guys, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it, you know, when you think of backpacking, you know, and you think of like all oh, three, four day, five day, I'm doing a long distance trail, you know, you're, you're planning on having water all the time. And so all of a sudden to have to carry another, you know, 10 pounds of water um, completely resets your whole pack. I mean, you just, you're just not used to it. And so I think that I find that interesting, Amy, that um, you do have a pretty lightweight system. And yet, <laughs> and yet, your first thought is like, I need to start shaving ounces yes. out of my pack. Yes. When well, because I knew that I, I, I couldn't skimp on the water weight. Like that, that wasn't an option because I needed that. And so I was trying to look at, well, what do I absolutely have to have? Or what can I, you know, maybe use this kind of, you know, double use my gear instead of bringing multitudes of something that can serve the same purpose. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's very funny. And people that are hiking or through hiking the Arizona trail right now, which is very close to us, they go through the same thing. So other than other long distance trails where you have an ample supply of water through hikers doing the 800 mile journey on the Arizona trail, mm -hmm. you, that's pretty normal for them to be, have to carry five, six, seven liters of water. Mm -hmm. um, so that gear weight then becomes increasingly crucial and um, everything has to be super super lightweight so um becky what did you what did you think how was the trail what did, what were your expectations versus the reality of when you know you started hiking hiking down when you first got up to bill hall you got up to the top and you looked down what i mean what were your feelings Honestly, I feel like my expectations were pretty much right on from the experience. Um, I spent more time preparing for this trip than the actual backpacking trip itself. Mentally going through gear, figuring out how to pack my pack, got different gear, got a new tent that I liked so much better, practiced with that, got new boots. Um, and for me, it was, um, I had kind of tweaked my back a little bit before. So for me, it was all about like slow and steady. Every moment, every step counts because the times that I would slip and the times that I would fall, I would start to be thinking about something else or think about something ahead. But this is the Grand Canyon when you're just going straight down with loose shale and then you're coming straight back up with loose shale. It's like every present moment and just making sure that you're very aware of your surroundings is what, what really helped me be able to, uh, to hike my hike. And the fact that when you're hiking on an edge or looking down, you, yeah. you do have kind of a, a come to Jesus moment when you say to yourself, there is no room for error. No. And so, yeah, being definitely aware of uh, the trail conditions um, is definitely... It's definitely a must. So how did you do with your gear? I mean, so I think that's really cool for people that are listening. Um, and we always talk about gear, 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 gear. 
is that it's not, it's one thing to buy lightweight gear. It's the other thing to practice with it yes. and to know it yeah. and, and to really feel like it's, it's your best friend. Like mm -hmm. I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. So what makes you happy with one lightweight tent, but not happy with another lightweight tent? So, you know, we talk a lot about your trail lifestyle and you know, your trail lifestyle indicates, it should indicate what kind of gear you buy. I always say you don't buy gear, gear kind of buys you, mm -hmm. you know, gear kind of finds you. Um, so, uh, you know, and you did something kind of radical when you were down in the bottom, at, uh, very down to the Colorado River, you decided to carry a lot more water up with you because you're a water drinker. You drink a lot of water. Yeah. So you knew kind of like the consequences of putting an extra two to three liters of water in your pack. But So what made that comfortable for you to do that? That's an awesome question. So um, first day going down, I actually lost two liters of water. Um, my camelback hose came out uh, and luckily Julie was right behind me. She's like, You're, something's leaking. So I lost two of my three liters. And so I thought it through and decided to go ahead and carry an extra liter down. Instead of cash uh, four, I ended up cashing three so that I had the extra. Um, and then Jill, um, did actually share a liter of water cause she was like, I'm too heavy. And I was like, well, I'll carry that. Otherwise I would have just drank what I had. I was like, I'll help you out. Um, but, um, my water filter itself, Ariane made a good point prior to going cause I ended up wanting to carry more. I practiced with more, um, and also the weight distribution of the water. I opted to go with um, re reusable, refillable aluminum cans that were 20.3 ounces so that I could adjust them as close to my body as possible for my extra water to cash and then fill in like all the spaces like with my clothes and everything. So for me, part of the practice was figuring out how to hold that, that extra water weight and how it was gonna feel the most comfortable in my body. And then by the time I did end up carrying that six liters back out of the canyon, um, I had less food. I also didn't have as much of that water cause we had already, you know, drank some of that. Um, but I, I just had continually modified every day and each step of the way, how to pack my pack to make it work for the terrain and the conditions that we had. That's really cool. And, and I'd like to say that I think um, um, for backpackers out there, their worst nightmare is they hear somebody hiking behind them and say, something is leaking. Yeah. So if yeah. backpackers have a nightmare, a recurring nightmare, that would, that would be it. So Julie, tell, kind of tell us a little bit about your experience and the pack weight, because you had a pretty low pack weight going mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Um, so how did that affect, could, could you have gone lighter? Did you feel like you made the right decision with your pack weight? I think you were pretty dialed in from the beginning and I love your hiking poles, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like what were, your, what were your expectations versus the reality of the hike? Um, I always go into a hike, well, especially when it's something that's in a totally different state, something that I'm not really used to. And I always think, well, I'm not sure if I can do it. And I know that I can, but yet there's still the hesitation and um, it, I don't know. Uh, what about the food? Because I food? know the food. Oh, as far as eating my food? Yeah, I should have packed different food 
just because I wasn't thrilled with what I had while I was there. I just couldn't stomach it after a few nights. And What food was that? Um, I took the good-to-go meals for each night, and usually I take some rice noodles, and I just... I usually have those at least two nights and have the good to go on other nights. So it's just a little bit lighter and just better overall for me. How did, did and then ask the group this, did, did the dry atmosphere of the canyon, or, and really the lack of humidity, I would say the first couple of days, you guys had more humidity than the canyon normally sees mm -hmm. because that storm came through. But how many people got like dry mouth or how many people had a hard time <laughs> yeah. eating because of the dryness of the canyon? So mm -hmm. almost everybody raised their hand. Yeah. So yeah. Becky, Julie, Jill. I did, okay, I had one dinner left because I ate one of Julie's. <laughs> did Julie know? Oh yeah, she gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you can't do this anymore. I was like, I'll help you out. And I, I probably ate a couple more extra snacks too because we did something different than I've ever experienced in a group with um, sharing of food. And I'll stop talking there so to, to share the space. But um, I actually, I'm an eater too. I like my water and I like my food, so. <laughs> so was, Julie, was your food normal that you normally liked it all the time but then on um, this trip for some reason no, you didn't like it it's typically i don't eat a whole meal anyway and so i just knew that if i opened that up i have rehydrated food in my pack right now from the other meals that i couldn't finish up so i was just like i knew i wouldn't eat it so i just had something else instead for dinner very cool so jill <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've known Jill for a long time. So what was, how did, how did you feel as far as your pack weight, but, but the expectation of the trip or what you thought the trip was going to be versus once you kind of looked down from the Bill Hall Trail and that big cairn um, into, into the canyon, which really at that point you're not even really looking it down into the canyon. You still have more, two more levels to go. What, what, what was going through your mind? Um, well, I, my pack started out at 52 pounds, and I, I don't know why. I mean, it was heavy, but um, my expectations versus the reality, I was glad that you had already pulled off because I was ready to turn around and go back to the car and because I thought, what have I gotten myself into being someone who has a healthy fear of heights? Um, I didn't realize that the the loose shell and the severity of the downhill was going to be as long as it was. I, you know, having hiked the whole AT, I kind of put it all in there. Even though you told me many times, this is nothing like the AT. This is nothing like the AT. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I just, like everyone else, Becky, I just took one step at a time and made sure that I was paying attention as someone who is prone to trips and falls. <laughs> I did not want to go over the side. So. Yeah, going over the side in the canyon is not, <laughs> is not recommended by the National Park Service. <laughs> um, so um, so do, you, do you think your pack was too heavy? Did, did, did you think that, how, did you, how do you feel you did with your food? Um, and was the pack weight justified for the trip that you did? I had too many luxury items. 
I really did. I had too many luxury items. Well, we want to know what they are now. <laughs> I had a selfie stick. I had a journal and a pen. I had two power banks because my phone is my only camera and I wanted to make sure that I had, um, you know, the photos. I wanted to be able to take pictures um, and then extra clothes. I would have definitely packed my clothing a little bit um, differently. I didn't feel like I had a ton of extra clothes, but in the same time I did. I would do my food a little bit different, but my pack alone was almost five pounds. So that was, that was a lot. Um, I carried two water filters, two different filters, a Sawyer and a Katahdin. Um, I would just carry the Katahdin water filter. Um, but really that was, I didn't feel like, and then I carried back up two rocks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a scientist, but I, I think the rocks were heavy. <laughs> it may have contributed yeah. to a heavier pack than normal, yeah. but that was coming up. That was coming up. So, um, and then uh, our fearless leader Ariane, who led the group. What? Now you were, you were pretty, you were pretty good. How did, how did the trip go for you as far as pack weight and food? Because I know you. You do bring a lot of snacks. So the snack thing was very interesting. Um, I actually, I shocked myself. I did not eat snacks. Um, I had to force feed myself snacks in, in the canyon. And that might be an actual very first for me ever backpacking on any type of terrain. And I am very accustomed to Arizona desert. Um, I am very accustomed to Grand Canyon desert. And still, this was the very first trip ever that I was not interested in snacking. So um, I loaded up on nuts and uh, in theory, it was great in the grocery store. But then when I uh, packed up, uh, I knew I didn't want them before going in the canyon. And then when I was in the canyon, I definitely didn't want them. So I offloaded them on just about anybody who would accept any of my snacks. Um, so I ate the, the, the most minimal amount of food that I've ever eaten on a trip ever. Um, and I don't know that it had to do with the terrain more or less. I think it had to do with the, the food choices that I brought. I didn't, I didn't want that. Um, and even the ones that I was most excited about, I, I don't, and I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what happened differently because the terrain is no different than anything I have been in the last like seven months. Um, but for some reason, it's just, it was a, it was a, it was a non-eating trip for me, except for dinner. Dinner is where I really was invested in first dinner, second dinner, and snacks yeah. <laughs> for dinner. But you know, I, I, I couldn't stomach breakfast and I couldn't stomach uh, snacks throughout the day. And that was a very interesting uh, component. Um, in regards to gear, I went with my Hyperlite and I'm very, very grateful that I ended up with my Hyperlite. I was a little concerned that it wouldn't hold 40 pounds of weight um, because I know it's not built for that. Uh, it was a, it was a slightly uncomfortable, only slightly uncomfortable the first day. But I think that when you, when you think about 40 pounds of weight, 40 pounds of weight doesn't necessarily feel like 40 pounds of weight if it's weight distributed properly. And I think that I, I put so much care and thought into 
making sure that it was properly distributed, that it didn't really feel like that. And I was very, very grateful that I ended up um, bringing the Hyperlite over, you know, a heavier pack just for the support. Because, you know, we talked about it. Um, you know, we knew the canyon was going to be warm and hot, but we also knew that we had an X component factor of a really, really cold day with a major snow sleet storm system rolling in. And that was going to last all of one night. And it's, you know, do you pack, you know, we were just talking about this, you know, do you pack for that one night out of the six to be comfortable? Or do you kind of embrace the suck for that one and pack lighter for the six? And so I, I think that um, it was kind of that, that theory. So, um, the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, I mean, it, it's so breathtakingly beautiful. Um, what, was, what was the hardest part of the hike? Of all the beauty that you got to see, of all the grandeur, right? What was the, ment what was the part where your brain kind of said, this, this is hard, this is, this is kind of... This is a hard hike, and it is a hard hike. Um, what part of the trail in route did did you really say that this is this is pretty hard, Joe? Um. <laughs> um, every day, every day, I had a point like that. But probably for me, the worst one was when we left the second night and followed the route along the Colorado. The sun just beating down on us and no shade and and the there was a lot of places I, I took my pack off for fear of sliding falling um and just I had a great group of ladies that helped me and were were good but I would say that that little stretch of of trail the route I guess yeah because at some point in time you're kind of bouldering for a little yeah. bit you know it's not really a trail right. in fact the National Park Service doesn't even call it a trail um, mm -hmm. what about you Amy what was one part where you said Ugh, this <laughs> is uh, this is this is this is difficult this morning well I mean making up the red wall was it was difficult but it wasn't I wasn't super super challenging like I wasn't as exhausted as I thought I would be and then this morning starting up that hill and then getting to the switchbacks. I just, my muscles hurt. I had to stop multiple times. I mean, granted we had more water weight going up there too, but it just, it was hard. It was really hard. Do you think it's because it's your last day, you've already climbed up like, you know, 5,000 feet and you're thinking, okay, I'm only a few miles away from the car, but damn, this is a hard climb. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I mean, I think my muscles just felt more fatigued. Like I got more sleep last night than I had the entire trip, but so like mentally I was fine. It was just physically, my muscles were kind of exhausted. And there was a point once we got to the top where I just like my muscles started cramping and, you know, stopped and took off my pack and stuff like that. But it was, that was the hardest part of it all. I would have rather have gone back down to the red wall and gone back up instead of doing that section over again. So we, we talk a lot about, um, I mean, the whole, the whole backpacking community talks about this, really. It's, it's mental versus physical. Mm -hmm. So what part of this route was a mental challenge for you guys? Um, was it the water? Was it the, you know, was it just the sheer 
intimidation of the Grand Canyon um, because it's it it always seems in every trip you have to have some kind of mental um, you know you have to kind of push yourself through the mental aspects of it um, do you think this route was more mental or more physical Julie um, I don't know I, I there wasn't really every time where I was like oh this is difficult or too hard or anything I I do a lot of this hiking in New Hampshire, so um, I didn't really have a mental, it, it, I don't know, I think I'm mentally strong anyways, and it was just, wasn't an issue for me on this hike. We knew was we usually leading the path. Yeah, and just, yeah. you know, we hit a switchback and she just keeps on going. She never stopped. Yeah, when you're swimming upriver in the Colorado River, we knew you were mentally strong. That was yes. a great, great feat. <laughs> <clears throat> Great feat. So what did you think, Michelle? Was it physically demanding or mentally demanding? That's easy to answer. It was very mentally demanding. I think I could have done another few days at a slower pace, but I just could not get over that hurdle. I have never backpacked where I am so far behind everybody else ever in my life. I've never... And that really messed with my mind. I, it, it really, really messed with my mind that I was so so trailing or that everybody has been sitting for 30 minutes because they're waiting on me. Like, I, I think um, I could hike that again um, and have a different experience going slower the whole time. But I really, I personally struggled with the fact that I felt like I was always holding everybody up and, and I, I didn't, there was no way to fix that. I had too heavy of a pack and with a pack as heavy as I started with, there was no way to ever um, maintain the speed that everybody else who had packs that were like 20 pounds lighter than mine were able to do um, at a better pace than I was. So do you think, that, that, that was, did you guys find that as a group that, you know, that was a, an issue? I never find that to be an issue with, no. with anybody. I think it's, it's hard to overcome because even when Becky and I did um, Sycamore Canyon, I mean, Becky led a lot of the way. I was last. You know, it's just I mean, you and I, though. well, <laughs> and of course, Becky went the wrong way. But yes, anyway, I know. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think um, I think with the Grand Canyon and, and I've heard that a lot, um, a, a lot of, of that worry of being last. But with the canyon, there's nowhere to go. I mean, you're going to have to stop at some point in time because you you either have a creek crossing or you have a, a another trail in in the Grand Canyon. You probably have a cliff that you're waiting for everybody to come out to. So, um, I, I think I think in the most point, it, it's it's not ever speed ever. It's always going to be you know making sure that you're hiking at your own pace. And it sounds like you're 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 hiking your own pace. No, I, I, I feel like I hiked faster than I was comfortable with for the amount of weight I was carrying. Gotcha. But although nobody complained, what made it hard is by the time I caught up to everybody, I don't have, I have to make a choice to either keep moving or to rest, but they've already all rested because they, they had to wait for me, you know? So I kind of felt like it was hard to catch my breath 
and this was an unusual circumstance, but um, when you just have one person leading, you, you don't have a leader in the front for the people who are able to go quicker and a leader in the back to help sweep the trail, you know? So it, it, it was hard because I didn't want to ask Ariane to stay back with me, but there were some times where I was uncomfortable, but I, I also felt like if I ask her to stay back with me and the group gets too far ahead, what, what if they start going the wrong way or, or what if something happens? So it just, it was like a mental struggle. Well, I had heard a helicopter went down in the canyon. They could have just looked for you guys uh, one way or the other. So you guys did actually witness a search and rescue yes. down in the canyon. Um, and so kind of what happened when you guys saw a big helicopter landing at Deer Creek to pull somebody out? Because, you know, that's a regular thing. I mean, you know, the Grand Canyon does a lot of search and rescue each and every year. Um, and, Amy, you kind of helped that guy out a little bit um, and the helicopter landed and and he and took him out of the canyon yeah so I guess he had had he started having issues the night before and then I think one of the guys came to our campsite mm -hmm. the next morning um, I didn't hear what they had said or anything yeah. like that um, Ariane had gone Julie just said oh they're having problems like it's like well I'm a nurse like I'll go and so you know we kind of went and checked him out found out he had already been in contact with search and rescue and you know was just waiting for some communications and stuff like that but seeing the helicopter land that was pretty cool just you know going around in the Grand Canyon and then I actually got to go up to the helicopter with them and kind of go through that whole process see what they did I mean it's it's a pretty amazing thing to watch were you tempted at any point in time to pull out like 20 bucks and give give it to the pilot and say hey get me out of here no no because i was enjoying i mean we were at deer creek so we were doing our rest day we were you know we got to go see the waterfall we got to you know go down to the colorado river um no i i wanted the experience of climbing out and bouldering back out just as we did in what was your favorite part of uh of the canyon i mean if you had that intimate moment where you kind of stopped and looked around and you got to see you know, like the, just the majesty of where you guys were. Um, was there a personal moment that you, or that's kind of like already etched in your mind about, you know, whether it was Deer Creek, Thunder River, Tapeats Creek, uh, the cliff that every, you has got the overlook over by Deer Creek. Um, what, what was that spot for you guys, Michelle? The Narrows uh, were the patio, without a doubt. Um, I've been not to the ground floor of the South Rim, but I thought I knew what the Grand Canyon was gonna be like, and I never in a million years would have expected to see the Narrows and the little waterfalls, and it was really, really um, just exceptional on our rest day there to literally sit in a little waterfalls and soft pedals, and I'll never forget that. Jill, what was yours? Oh gosh, I had so much, like the waterfalls for sure, but just this morning after we left, we cowboy camped last night under the stars and we had a full moon. So we had bright moon every single night and just being able to see the Grand Canyon at night lit up by nature, just it, 
I mean, you, words can't even describe it. I mean, I was so exhausted every night, but I got up every night and saw the stars and I saw that. But this morning hiking up as we started back up the, and I was like, I did that with a heavy pack. <laughs> I went, you know, and it's just a little microscopic part of the Grand Canyon, but like I walked that on my own with this group of ladies and it just, it was amazing. It was absolutely a once in a lifetime opportunity. Julie, what was your, what was your special moment in the canyon? Um, I think it's one walking along the trail and you, cause you're in so much of the desert area, but then you become enclosed by the trees around you and you just want to stop and hug them and just be, I don't know, it's just so soothing. And oh, I just love that, yeah. Becky, what was yours? I'd have to say Thunder River. Um, when I saw that coming out of, of the side of the canyon and then um, it had started to rain on us again and we went under um, a little overhang mm -hmm. just to have some lunch and then went and explored a little bit and went back up to where that river is basically coming out of the side of the cliff and it's a waterfall and everything around it was so lush and so green. That was kind of that first experience of like, wait, am I in a desert or am I in this lush tropical, mm -hmm. you know, I almost felt like I was in like the Smokies or something. But yeah, it'd definitely be Thunder River. Amy, what was yours? Um, so when we had gotten to Deer Creek um, on day three, we had the rest of the day. And so we went down, saw the waterfall, um, saw the Colorado River, but then we had two boats that came up and so we didn't really get we didn't get that space to ourselves and so the next day since it was a rest day I actually got to go down there was nobody else down there I got to swim in the Colorado River I got to go into the waterfall I think just having that that peaceful alone time you know I mean it was just so so serene and so beautiful. Ariane what's what's your favorite part of of that of that trip? Uh well, so this time in particular, I was I was really disappointed that there weren't um, all of the cacti weren't in bloom, and it was a really disappointing point for me personally because I wanted everybody to get to experience all the beauty that we've seen in the past, and so I was kind of like, oh man, maybe we should have pushed it back a week or two, <laughs> and then we cross over on day two, we cross over uh, Tapeats Creek, and we start walking along, you know, further south towards camp, and there was this moment where the cacti just, it was a field of blooms, and it was just beautiful, pink, bright, bright, flowers just everywhere everywhere it was just it was covering uh the terrain and i was just so elated michelle and i were pulling up the caboose <laughs> together and um we saw it and we were just like oh my god and then i just i let michelle go ahead and i just stayed back and frolicked and it was just one of those moments where i was just so grateful that there was a part of the desert that was so in bloom because that was the one piece that had been missing for me the entire time uh, that I really wanted everybody to get to see. So it was just a moment. It was a little blurb of a moment in time, but it was uh, it was probably one of my my favorite moments along the route because it was so unexpected after not seeing the desert, uh, uh, you know, in in the beauty that I know that it can be that time of year. So. 
Yeah. Um, so listening to all your stories, um, I guess I learned one thing is that you guys are off shooting your food bag to everybody else. <laughs> To each other. Thinking you guys are all smart trying to unload your food bag and you're just kind of feeding everybody else. Uh, um, I, it, it's a magical trip. It's a magical route. Um, uh, as, as we all saw when you're up at the trailhead, um, there's maybe 30 cars up there, um, which tells me that the, the trail for that amount of uh, space, for that amount of um, grandeur, for the popularity that the Grand Canyon has, you can tell that there's not a lot of people at that trailhead. Uh, it takes approximately an hour and a half to two hours just to get to the trailhead. And um, what amazes me about that part of, it still does, even driving it through today, is that you're in pine the whole time. And as you're driving, there's, you say to yourself, there's no way there's a 50 mile hole in the ground. It just, there's just no way. I'm in a pine forest. How, how where, where, where can this go? How can this be? Um, and then, you know, you drive up to the trailhead and then there's the Grand Canyon sitting right there smack in front of you. Mm -hmm. It's almost daring you to go down in it. It's like, I'm here. There's no lines, there's no visitor center, there's no 10,000s of people, I'm here by myself, let's do this. Um, and you guys did it. Um, you guys are on an elite uh, a group of people that have been able to successfully do the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Um, very good, I'm very, very, very happy that you, guys, that you guys got to go. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. You guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to show some love, go to trustthetrailpodcast.com and click on any of our merch link. We have partnered up with teespring.com and have created Trust the Trail store so you can just wear Trust the Trail, embrace the tuck t-shirts, coffee cups, anything that you want to do to support the show. We have some pretty good designs on there also. You can also donate directly on any of our podcast posts through PayPal. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. We really, really love you guys sharing content of your hikes and where you go on your trips. We really appreciate that. And of course, our patrons who we couldn't do this podcast without you guys. Angela Salas, Kim Caverman, Brother Bear, Jill Lang, EJ Newell, Becky Wenger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Jeff Nyman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellet, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Gary Busia, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, Rick Hornick, Jessica Wolfen, Ethan Corona, Jordan Lenkrek, Suzanne Adams, Jill Ryder, Kevin Frost, and Reverend Gina Purcell. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account and just go to Trust the Trail Podcast and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones, and now we are on Amazon. If we're not on one that you listen to, let us know. We'll make sure that we get on that for you. You can also follow us on Instagram, where we have a we have just uploaded a bunch of photographs for the Grand Canyon 
and Zion trip. So you can kind of look at those Zion photographs before our next podcast comes out. And we have exclusive content on our Facebook page. Remember, the trail does give you everything you need. I think you heard it on this podcast. So trust the trail. <laughs>